When I started reading about manipulation in marriage, mm. well, just manipulation in general, uh, the first sentence I read on an article was, at its core, manipulation is a type of lying. Mm. And that changed everything for me, people, because I knew man- manipulation was bad. And I know we've all been guilty of it, especially in our marriage. And some of it, I think, is conscious and unconscious. But when I identified it as lying, I felt like there was this clarity brought to mm. everything that I have not been able to see clearly <laughs> about, yeah. like, miscommunication. And that um, is the hallmark of uh, manipulation is there's this sense that I am the one that is wrong and this other person's right. They've proven to me that they're right in some way, but I still feel like something's off. Yeah, there's this, there's these layers mm. of, I think, control and insecurity, like, fighting each other or on the same side. There's mm. fear is involved. There's, you know, insecurities and intimidation. Yeah. There's all of these things that manipulation ro- roots run deep. And I, it, and the thing is, is people don't always know they're manipulating just, each other. Right. And they don't know that they're being manipulated. And that's the whole thing is it's this weird, it's so... And we're not saying that, like, it just happens to you. I mean, it kind of does. But if we look at God's word Mm. about, like, how we can have hope and how we can have instruction and how we can clearly identify manipulation within, for the sake of this podcast, our marriage, we can walk out. We can walk in the light, I think, that much more clearly. So it's going to be a good one. We're excited here. See you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Sending us to the other side. <laughs> okay. That was a little insecure no, it was there. Good. A plus. Okay. Thanks. So this episode, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's been in the hopper. I feel like we've wanted to do this. We've wanted to do it justice. And as we've continued to kind of do research and reading and reflection, frankly, it was upsetting because there's so many different ways that manipulators work. And what's what we're realizing is that we manipulate each other. Yeah, and as we're so talking, guilty of it. I'm like, marriage. we're talking to each other, and I'm like, Selena, this is a manipulation. I've done this to you. <laughs> And then, and I've never done anything. <laughs> and then, as we were talking, I realized just how deeply I had been manipulated because it took like four layers to get to how you manipulate me. <laughs> just kidding. It's true, though. It's so it, true. Yeah, we joke about it, but the more, again, like he said, the more we're diving into it, the more we are uncovering. Yes. And so here's a big how deep we're seeing the roots have gone. It's like pulling out a big old weed. You you, you, mm. pull, you pull at it. You're like, ah, oh, there's probably not that many roots. Then this like 12 foot root comes out and you're. Oh, I know wow. it well. <laughs> it's dandelion season. <laughs> so here's a big caveat for this episode. Uh, husband, wife, you're listening to this. That's going to be really tempting to hear what Ryan and Selena are saying and to say, that's my spouse. That's, that's what he or she does to me. That's can be part of this. Okay. We, we want to have eyes open looking at each other, but I don't want to do that at the expense of also looking in to ourselves and seeing how have I treated my, my spouse? How have I treated my wife, my husband? So I just want to have, I want to make sure that as we're going into this, we're thinking kind of circumspectly, you're looking at each other, but you're also looking internally. And this is all within the gospel and through the word of God under the biblical authority of how we should be treating each other. Um, We're going to go through a few things 
Yeah. Let's just dive right into this. Oh, I feel like this good. is very good. I don't want to No, I like diving. It's going to be a little bit of a bulky episode, so I want to try to keep it under 50 minutes if we can without cutting things short. Yep. So, what where are we the headed today? The roadmap today, today yes. we're going to define manipulation and what it looks like. We're going to look at a few articles, some biblical examples. Um, we're also going to outline a few manipulation examples in marriage, right? What does that look like exactly? Yep. Um, dive into scripture and allow it to un- uncover the authority that it is and how we can mm. walk that out. And yeah. like, how can we mani- not manipulate each other and also not be manipulated by others? Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, beginning with our spouse, but also in the world, there are many messages that yeah. are very manipulating <laughs> about marriage, about mm. so, relationships. So the, the best and the most pragmatic and I think most fruitful place to start is clearly defining manipulation. And we'll get into, so manipulation is a big topic. We'll talk different layers. We want to define that really clearly, but then we want to really put names to tactics of manipulators and ways that people are kind of, we can be vulnerable and vulnerabilities to being exploited by manipulation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that there's, there's a, we have to think of ourselves very circumspectly, like I said earlier, in that there are ways I manipulate. There's also ways that I'm exploited because mm-hmm. I'm not, in some way, I'm not really, when it comes down to it, rooting my identity and my confidence there's in a, Christ. There's a lot of connotation that goes with all of those words you said. Okay, yes. <laughs> They're pretty loaded. I think yes. just hearing you talk, I, I am already very, getting very a little loaded. defensive so in Please listen charitably. Uh, right. We're as, using these words as they're supposed to be used with the yes, definitions. We're yes, not yes. We're not saying exploiting, taking so, advantage. Like there's... Yes. There, so, so for instance, if I have this need to always be a people pleaser, a manipulator could exploit that need if they recognize that in me. They'll say, right. oh, he's a people pleaser, so I'm going to make sure that I just keep him just, I'm going to lead him with the carrot on a stick so that he's always kind of wanting to please I mean, me. I don't even think I, I see it like that. I see a person's personality and I know how to play to their strengths or weaknesses. Okay. So that's, ex- that's exploitation. That's, that's, you're, yes. you're using someone's weakness to your advantage. Yes. That's exploitation. Okay. So. Anyway, define these terms. Just, that's all. We're going to go through a whole litany of ways. And anyway, let's define manipulation. Generally speaking, let's look at God's word and reconcile. How do we think about it through a biblical lens? Yes. So right. defining manipulation. Um, this is a quote from gotquestions.org, uh, which we love. But it says, at its core, manipulation is a type of lying. When someone speaks falsely for the purpose of deception, he or she is being manipulative. Mm. Because to deceive is to manipulate someone into thinking or behaving a certain way. So all of the Bible's prohibitions against lying can be applied to manipulation. Lying Hmm. is a dreadful sin. (laughs) All of the Bible's uh, instruction on lying can be applied to manipulation. I just wanted to emphasize that because, man, okay, so that does give us a place to now... Manipulation, I don't know that it's ever mentioned in the Bible. It feels very nuanced. It feels very, yes... And it almost feels just, it's funny because the word manipulation is even manipulative (laughs) because you feel like, well, it's not lying. So it's not that bad. It's kind of just like an undesirable thing. It's 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 not a sin. And here we're, we're here to say manipulation is a sin. Okay. That's the, that's the hard pill to swallow. Okay. So, but it's also very freeing. Okay. And knowing that we, in these ways, we sin against each other, but when we manipulate each other selfishly and we use lying and lying is what manipulation is. So. Recognizing these, mm. the the darkness of this again, we're not the darkness does not overcome like the light pierces the darkness. Mm. So let's just go in with that mindset because I already feel <laughs> convicted. I feel the darkness. <laughs> I feel <laughs> well, it, people. Yeah. Okay. So 
now that we've called manipulation what it is, a sin, we've called it lying, mm-hmm. now we can start talking about what the Bible says about lying. Did you want to talk about spiritual manipulation first and, yeah, and, and kind of differentiate as, there I too? I think as believers, it's good for us to... to understand that there is spiritual manipulation that can happen. We see this mostly, I think, in the context of churches and hmm. spiritual groups, spiritual spir- churches. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and that. Yes. Um, because, and it, you'll see the overlapping, they define it as uh, to manipulate in, in the spiritual sense is to negotiate control or influence for one's own advantage. So that's not new. Spiritual manipulation is a technique used by some abusive churches and cults to control individuals and acquire gain Hmm. all the while giving the impression that their teachings are based on the Bible. And so I just wanted to kind of lay that out so that we can talk about, because we do in our marriage, in marriages, people write into us about the misuse of biblical terms. Um, Things are taken out of context. We try very hard as our bestest, our (laughs) bestest, bestest to not proof text, to not cherry pick scripture, to right. Why do we read so much scripture on this podcast? Because we want you to have the context. We want you to understand right. why is Ryan going to seminary? Because we don't want to be manipulative in how we present the truth. We want the mm. truth to bear weight on what how we present. Yeah. And so when the Bible is taken out of context, when terms are misused or not understood clearly, there's the, the, the dynamic of the power and control and influence. There's yeah. also the whole false teachers, right? There's, yeah. Those are things, those are what we do not want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and okay. So Oops. again, we're a marriage podcast, so let's talk through what that exactly, what that means. So your microphone just came out just of the, the holder. There okay. it is. Here we are. Okay. So, uh, here's a clear version of it. So what you're talking about real quick in cults, there's always one key marker of cults because yes. cults are manipulation at their very core, uh, is the sense of secret knowledge, mm-hmm. right? I know something that you don't, right? and I, you can't find that thing yourself. You have to come to me. I'm the arbiter of truth. Right. I am the, and that's why Christianity is so unique in that Paul to the Bereans, which we'll talk about, basically said like, put these truths to the test because mm-hmm. they're true. Yeah. They're absolute. Yeah. Go ahead and put gravity to the test. Throw a throw anything off a bridge it'll go down i guarantee it <laughs> test it because it's true cult yeah. leaders will say oh you don't need to throw it i'll throw it and i'll tell you what happened right right, right. and so that's the secret knowledge piece and so we do this in different ways so like submission and marriage okay so it's a lot the whole of proof texting thing. it's proof texting yes. i read the verse i'm pulling it out of a hat right now you're not looking at your bible i can quote it and immediately you're put on your heels because right. you don't have it in front of you in a sense i'm applying secret knowledge that's what cherry picking is Mm -hmm. and so submission for example some teachers okay or husbands or typically husbands will they'll say uh you need to submit because the bible says submission is whatever right submission is good submission is righteous and 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 the the way to combat this is to actually read the verse in context yeah it's ephesians 5 22 for anybody wondering about submission and if you know the husband would be that husband in that instance would be it would be good for him to read to mm-hmm. verse 26 that talks about how we are the the husband is called to love right or husbands mm-hmm. love your wives as christ has loved the well, church funny how he brings it full circle when and you read you, the full context <laughs> how, and then how you define love right <laughs> yes. get into first corinthians so there's a lot here for sure and it's a i mean this is just a little sidebar in culture that's exactly what people do is they'll proof text something out of leviticus and say <laughs> Christians are bigots because look at this thing. Like, oh, if you want to believe that this is a sin, then you better not ever do this thing or you can't wear this type of fabric or whatever. And they're not, they're proof texting, they're cherry picking, they're manipulating. And that's the thing is they're not actually 
looking at the scripture as if it, you know, as if it's in a larger body. So we do that in, in terms of marriage and, and, and things like that. So, okay. So head of households, another one, right. a lot of, uh, they'll see that and they'll say, Oh, I'm the head of this house, which means basically you have to do what I say, or you're sinning against me. You're sinning against God. Right. And really that, that context is, is about sacrificial love, like a leading because you're more accountable and therefore you should love like Christ loves, which is sacrificially, which means you don't lord it over. You're not tyrannical. It's not for you. You are sacrificial and you are a servant leader. You're at the bottom of this pyramid scheme. Right. (laughs) And so it's, uh, that's another tool of manipulation, how we proof text, spiritual manipulation, namely. Um, And then we wouldn't be doing you justice if we did not talk about uh, the enemy being the master of manipulation. Oh, baby. You know, the father of lies in John eight forty four. Um, we see Genesis 3. I mean, his first interaction with humanity is mm. an act of manipulation. The half-truths that he presents there in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen talks about how he masquerades as an angel of light. So, mm. they, you know, he a quote, one more quote is that he exploits our weaknesses, strokes our pride, and assures us that following a sinful path is in our best interest. He's insidious in his artfulness. He has many ploys to bring us under his control. I still need to read screw tape letters, by the way. This is just a good reminder. I haven't well, read okay. it fully. Well, the reason why screw tape letters is so powerful is because it, it's it's like someone's turning the lights on in a dark dark room, and that's mm-hmm. what we're hoping to do today. Is by giving, putting names and words yeah. to these feelings, these uncertain feelings, either in things that you've done and you've been a perpetrator of manipulation, or you've been a victim of manipulation. Right. By putting names to, it's like flipping on a switch in a dark room mm. and what happens is all the cockroaches then scurry and they try to run away and we're saying this is how you squash them Absolutely. is that you turn the lights on you show it for what it is yeah. then you can start going around squashing these things um one of the things that that we didn't we kind of glossed over is every tactic of manipulation is done to gain power to gain control to gain influence you didn't read that did you i think we, I I think we, we glossed just over. said it yeah okay so gaining power if you think about it in those terms like if okay, I'm a husband. I I'm uh, I'm guilty of manipulation. I'm repenting of that. I'm trying to weed out those behaviors. But to say like I've been trying to assert power and control and influence over my no wife. Never gonna say that. Oh my word! It's so it makes you feel so guilty. <laughs> but that's calling it what it is. It is. And so now I can okay, now I can start to assert love on my wife and try to love her sacrificially. Assert. But, we can engage in this. Yes. I think is the... Instead of asserting power, I'm try- uh, yeah, I used the wrong word, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> I think a part of actually identifying manipulation in our marriage and in our relationships is calling things what they are. Huh. I think we are very averse to that in our culture today. I don't want to call sin, sin. I don't want to call hmm. my manipulation lying, right? I don't want to call my bad communication laziness or I don't want to call my right. desire for intimacy lust, right? Like there's things that we are not able to hmm. identify clearly and under the biblical under biblical authority because our pride would have us call it otherwise because we don't want to make ourselves seem that bad, right? Okay. Um, yeah. I'm just talking about myself. Yeah. Well, in, in our culture too, we, we tend to be so distracted nowadays that we don't actually take the time to reflect and think through what things might actually be. We just kind of call it whatever the first word that comes to well, mind. We feel like it should be is. called and it's, or mm. there's, it's just a lot of grayness, right? And the, I think the Bible is more clear than we want to admit and that we want to submit to in some ways. So the first, I feel like one of the best ways for 
at least what I'm learning right now, uh, tactics against and identifying manipulation is to just call things what they are. Yeah. And then start, you know, unpacking those together. So uh, in the name of that, calling someone something what it is, I I was looking at, I'm reading a book. um, I just started reading it. It's In Sheep's Clothing. Uh, it's called In Sheep's Clothing, Understanding and Dealing with Manipulative, P- Manipulative People. Okay, it was written a couple decades ago. Uh, it seems to have fared the test of time pretty well. <laughs> um, of all places, somebody wrote a review on it. And this person, it was a three-star review on this book. And I I don't want to over uh, overstate their qualifications. So I don't know who this person is. I just feel like they articulated something, some truths really yeah. well in this review. So I'm just going to read it. <laughs> Um, and because it did help me see things kind of differently. So he's talking about this book and the, the person who wrote in said, I'm fascinated by psychology and why people do what they do. The book explores the interesting concept of the quote unquote covertly aggressive individual, someone who uses subtly manipulative tactics to further his own agendas while still preserving the image of a good person. This is called impression management and effectively concealing his true intentions. Oh, that just speaks to so much in terms of transparency <laughs> okay. and vulnerability. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll continue on again. This is a three, this, some things this is a three star reviewer. So they, um, they, they just had some other issues, but, uh, these tactics are insidious and particularly confusing to conscientious people who often fall prey to these un- underhanded individuals with less than stellar motives. The two most valuable insights that I gained from the book are the reminder to be aware that not all people operate from a place of personal integrity. That's number one. And that over intellectualizing, so over intellectualizing why people do what they do is counterproductive. It's more important to recognize manipulation when it occurs, confront it in the moment and self protect. In all the examples presented, the manipulation quote unquote victims knew something was wrong, but failed to trust their own initial intuitions and perceptions. I do, I do believe that most people are predominantly good, but also recognize that there are others who exist solely to advance themselves at any expense to others. This is perhaps the far, the, the this is perhaps the hardest thing to learn. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, uh, and then he says it's, it's, uh, or he or she says it's easier to excuse bad behavior than stand up to it, but freedom exists in being aware and assertive. Those okay, are so some big words. There. There's a aware lot in there. Aware and assertive. Yeah. I am just, Again, this is not like a gospel truth. This is a book review, but the clarity around the ideas is something to be mm-hmm. appreciated and grabbed onto in terms of I am that person. I am that. I'm not saying I'm the victim. I'm not trying to play the victim card, of course, but mm-hmm. I can always, I can sense when things are wrong, but I don't know how to, I don't have the tools in the moment. I, mm. I the awareness and the assertiveness, the assertiveness is where I struggle. Yeah. Because I'm a people pleaser in a lot of ways. So yeah. I'm learning assertiveness. I, and I think it's a, it's an art form. You have to be, Well, yeah, being you can't ass- apologize for it. Otherwise, it's not assertiveness, I think. And, okay. So and the whole assertiveness thing is, is really, okay, if we are people of God's word and we love God's law and we mm. fear God more than anyone, more mm-hmm. than man, then I think assertiveness can come from a better place. If you're just being assertive because you want to see justice at your own hand, that, Okay. Justice is generally a good thing, but I think true like gospel-centered assertiveness comes from this place of, I fear God and I love his law more than I fear man and I love man. Mm. Okay, so that now part of God's law and part of knowing who God is and knowing his call to me as an individual is I need to love with, with truth. 
truth and truth and love. Speak mm-hmm. with truth and love. Um, so then you can be assertive in a really truthful way, but also in a very loving way. Okay. And some mm-hmm. of being assertive is also identifying it and understanding how it's damaging you and then like quitting the damage, mm. cauterizing those wounds and saying, this, this is a manipulation tactic and I'm not going to let it get into my heart anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start being assertive as opportunity arises. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I thought it might be helpful to read an excerpt from this book that I just referenced. Um, because as we were reading it, I looked at you and I said, I'm guilty of this. Okay. Not this exact thing, but this manipulation tactic. And then we're going to go into, um, a lot of really clear, uh, or unless you want to talk about how we're called to to act as believers in terms of this, but no, go ahead and read what you were going to read. That's the other thing. But, um, okay. So here's an excerpt from the book. It says, this is the introduction, right? So it's already getting into the deep stuff. It says covert (laughs) aggression, the heart of manipulation. It says, perhaps one of the following scenarios will sound familiar. A wife tries to sort out her mixed feelings. She's mad at her husband for insisting their daughter make all A's, but she doubts that she has the right to be mad when she suggested that given her appraisal of her daughter's abilities, she might be making un- he might be making unreasonable demands. His comeback, shouldn't any good parent want their child to do well and succeed in life? That comeback made her feel like she was the insensitive one. In fact, whenever she confronts him, she somehow ends up feeling like the bad guy herself. When she suggested there might be more to her daughter's recent problems and that the family might do well to seek counseling, his retort, are you saying that I'm psychiatrically disturbed, made her feel guilty for bringing up the issue. Mm. Okay, so you know how it, she, so she, there's gaslighting here. So she feels like she's the one that's kind of seeing things incorrectly. Right. She's the one that's wrong. She's the one that's. I guess my question would be to him though, is he, does he, is he, why is he responding that way? Mm -hmm. Right. Because maybe he, that is his true sense of like, yeah, should I want to be a good parent? So shouldn't any parent want these good things for their kids? Right. Well, but the response that, are you saying that I'm psychiatrically disturbed? And that's why I went in counseling. She was not saying that, but he's jumping to that nth degree to make her feel crazy. (laughs) Jumping to conclusions is never good. To make her feel crazy and out of line. (laughs) Right. And so she's like, well, okay, well, I guess not. I mean, you're not, right. you're not psychiatrically right. disturbed, but she on the, on the spot, she's unless she's well aware and, and ready to respond, yeah. she wouldn't say, well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that our daughter could use some help and a psychologist can help. And, and so, so that's, that's gaslighting. That's a manipulative manipulation tactic. I've done that. Not, not this exact example, but I tend to jump to conclusions. I tend, you'll say like, oh, I've just quiet head nods over here. Well, <laughs> She'll I love say, you. I just wish you could help more in the kitchen. I'll be like, oh, you're saying I don't provide enough for our family. I'm up there working and you don't care about anything I do. And you're like, no, I didn't say that. I'm just saying that I could use some help in the kitchen. Granted, there's usually some more emotions involved in these conversations. Sexual tension, people. Just kidding. Right now. Right now. <laughs> no. We'll see you in five minutes. Stop. No. Uh, <laughs> three minutes. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> just kidding. Lighten up. Like no <laughs> marriage podcast, all right? We got to laugh a little bit. Uh, so the tension's real. <laughs> yeah. So, she, but he says she often tries to assert her point of view, but always ends up giving into yeah. his. Mm. Sometimes she thinks the problem is him, believing him to be selfish, demanding, intimidating, controlling. But yeah. this is a loyal husband, good provider, and a respected member of the community. So by all rights, she shouldn't resent him. Yet she does. So she constantly wonders if there's something wrong, isn't something wrong with her. That's, man, so 
listener, if you're listening to this, it's hard. I feel like all of reality is tainted with manipulation, and I'm like, I don't even know how to sort through it. Sometimes, in, in a way, it is. In, yeah. in a way, and it maybe really that's is. part of the brokenness, right? Of sin. Yes. And, um, there's always there's agendas at play. There's always mm. an underlying thing. There's always people. And here's the thing we talked about: pathological manipulation is that sometimes people don't know that they're doing this to another person. Mm. And so, if you've had an interaction with a with an in law, with your spouse, with a friend. And you're saying like, I, I, I love that person, but something feels off. Mm. I feel like they're impermeable to, is that a word? Impermeable to my, like in my inquisition to being known. Yeah. I feel like I don't fully know what's going on in that situation. There's the light, not the smudgeness. That's the light going on in the room and you're, okay. So that's where, that's showing you where the switch is. There's something there that's at play right. that they're, they are somehow twisting or manipulating either wittingly or unwittingly. Mm. When we say someone's a pathological liar, they're a pathological manipulator. That means that it's so ingrained in them. They think they're so justified and right that they're actually just, they're somehow getting around to the truth. And this is why people that are narcissistic, okay, we should do one on narcissism. <laughs> Put that in a good in ideas folder. Someone that's narcissistic legitimately thinks that the the world revolves around them. They legitimately think that that's a good thing and that's the right thing and that's the right orientation of the the universe. And so everything they do is it doesn't matter what hap- what harm they do to others. I think it's consciously and subconsciously sometimes, right? Like yes, I'm not pr- like probably. the world revolves around me. Everybody should serve me. But they take on these truths of maybe yeah. it's a, a, a husband that's like, mm. I'm supposed to be the head, so you should serve and submit to me, right? There's right. some of that slippery slopish, but there's it also comes up very subtly too, I feel like. And that's the pathological piece is right. that they don't know that they're doing a pathological liar lies so habitually. They don't even know when they're lying and telling the truth anymore. Mm. And they do it so convincingly mm-hmm. um, that they don't even know, they, they, they don't have any conscience check because right. they feel like they're they're right in doing it. Or they've convinced themselves that they're right, either in the truth or in doing that behavior. Right. So yeah. and so, I think with talking about some of this darkness of manipulation, right? The the lies, the deceit. Um, there's also this sort of spiritual manipulation that can happen. I think amongst believers and within our own marriage of like the Lord has told me that, blah blah blah. Right. Mm. We use mm. we see that quote. I've heard that quote. People have quoted that to me. And automatically, you feel like you can't say anything against that, right? It completely shuts down the conversation. So I guess the flip side to that would be if you hear things like this that are shutting down conversations, it's probably a manipulation tool. And again, they may not be aware of it, but one way Mm. we can maybe A, be aware of it, and then assert, be assertive in those moments is, is just... By purely being honest, saying when you say that, I feel like there's not much I can say here. Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, getting asking clarifying questions around those things instead of? So I guess like the path is okay. This this converse, this person is saying this. This is shutting down the conversation. It's shutting down anything that I might think is valuable or whatever. I need yeah. to express this right now. Like I need to assert this in a loving and kind way. But this is a truth that needs to be asserted right now. And that's something I'm just taking for me. And this is off the Mm -hmm. cuff and not on script at all. But this is something that I'm, the awareness and assertiveness is exactly where I feel like like the Lord is pressing into my heart saying, here's how you can love your husband more clearly and and well and love the people in your lives, in your life. We used an example. um, Yeah. Awareness and assertiveness. So we had this example pop up in our lives this morning. Okay. We're around the breakfast table. Selena's getting vitamins. (laughs) This is this is raw. 
Selena's getting vitamins for the girls because we usually will eat breakfast. Because if you have vitamins on an empty stomach, it makes you feel like you're going to puke and all that kind of thing. <laughs> so you're in the cupboards getting like five different bottles out. And this is kind of a pet peeve of mine because I'm... It's a, just I to kinda, be clear, I need to be clear because if you're gonna if this is going to happen, then we're going to be clear. Okay, yeah, okay? I know there's lots of multivitamin companies and all of that. I'm sure I will engage in one at some point. I don't have time right now, people. Okay. So it's vitamin C, a multivitamin and like a probiotic for the so, kids. Yeah. And they're the gummies kids. and, and we give them like half of the dose of the probiotic and the vitamin C's in the multivitamin, yes, but just trying to be healthy. So I have opinions pandemic. about these things because it's I'm, fine. there's a lot of science that talks about the, the controversies around, vi- please don't write in about vitamin. We're not like asking stuff. you to write in about please this. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you that we've, we're, we're having a, an internal, a marriage rift about this thing. Not a rift, really. Should it's just something about that's. Car seat instead. <laughs> I feel like this is going to go really no, no, no. badly. It's too late. It's already out there. No. Nope. Um, we're trying to care for our kids well and doing that based on kind of science and all sorts. Of, and so I don't like that you have to get out all these different things. And I feel, and you're on, the, we ran out of one, so you're on Amazon looking for them. And I am like, okay, I don't know how to bring this up because I feel like the bad guy. <laughs> I don't think our kids need X, Y, and Z. And you're saying, I do think they need X, Y, and Z. We both care about our kids. That's the baseline. We the both health of love our, children, our kids. Yes, they're, he- but, they're healthy bodies. So you haven't done this, but you haven't said this. So I'm going to put some words in your mouth. Okay. So if I, I, I fear that if I bring it up, you're going to say, well, don't you want our kids to be healthy? They need it because it'll help them, blah, blah, blah. I might not say that, but I'll look at you. And those are the yes. thoughts running through my head. And I'm head. thinking, well, yeah, I want our kids to be healthy, but I don't agree on that this certain Ugh. thing so how do we reconcile it feels manipulative right like right. it feels yeah and so th- there's different ways that that's we, one way so to like combat another it one's the car seat things like you, if we want to get a new car seat not if we want to they expire for some reason and i'm like <laughs> and okay so- but i don't necessarily buy the uh, the the all of the thing the car there's a the spectrum things, of the car, car seats in ryan's, gives in us. ryan's like, it is such a racket car seats are <laughs> such a racket <laughs> Okay, you've got to buy the sizes and the boosters and the different things and the expiration dates. And if you want and one the, and all, it's your firstborn. <laughs> yes. And so I tend to be on the sense of like, okay, anyway, we're not going to get into the, the details of car seats. But the point is, is that I can feel like, well, yeah, you're like, don't, don't you want to, if we get in an accident, our kids are going to die and it's going to be your fault and you're going to regret some, it for life. And I'm like, I well, don't I don't want them that. to die. I don't think it's going to be my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in the moment I'm like, okay okay, I'm just going to give in, right? So the tactic has worked. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the thing that, so and I do that in other ways. But I don't even like, want that anymore. Like we've, that has maybe been our past, but I don't even want your, your my giving in because I'm like, no, I want you on this train and enthusiastic. That's and 1984 people. You want me to not, say two plus two equals five. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> you want me to buy the full no. doctrine hook, line, and sinker? No, because if you don't, then I'm not going to. That's where we've, and I feel like that's become a more healthy place. Has it, has, it not? Yes, we've grown in that way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You should read 1984, people, if you haven't read I'm trying that Trying to. I'm trying to finish Animal Farm again. <laughs> it The parallels, uh, I do feel like, and I don't mean this in a biblical sense, but I feel like George Orwell was prophetic in a lot of ways when he wrote that animal farm. Anyway, that's another sidebar. So let's go through some very specific, and again, prophetic, not in the biblical sense, mouthpiece of God sense. All right, just let that go. Okay, so let's talk about some very specific manipulation tactics, manipulation techniques. These come right out of uh, Simon's book. Simon's the author of In Sheep's Clothing. By the way, I didn't say his name. His name is Dr. George Simon, In Sheep's Clothing. Okay, so these come out of his book. 
We're going to talk through each one. There's actually like 20 of them. So we'll kind of. Where did you put this? I can't even. It's not in there. It's right here. It's on the screen. Okay. So. (laughs) Conversations about. (laughs) Lying. Okay. Lying specifically by commission is the first manipulation technique. And this is a summary of it. It says it's hard to tell if somebody is lying at the time they do it. Although often the truth may be apparent later when it's too late. One way to minimize the chances of being lied to is to understand that some personality types, particularly psychopaths. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the word psychopath is a clinical term. It just means that you don't really have a good moral compass. Actually actually using psycho and path. There's sociopath and then the psychopath is something else. It is a traditionally personality disorder characterized by persistent antisocial behavior, impaired empathy and remorse. Okay. So. These are clinical terms, not. Yes. I'm not calling you a psychopath pejoratively. Thank you. So um, one way to minimize the chances of being lied to is to understand that some personality types, like psychopaths, are experts at the art of lying and cheating, doing it frequently and often in, in subtle, subtle ways. ways. Okay. Ugh. That's lying by commission. That means that you're actually, you're, you're, you're saying a thing that is a lie. Okay. Then another lie is a lie by omission, meaning that you're just, it's a subtle form of lying. You're, with, you're withholding a significant amount of truth. Hmm. to some other end, right? right. To get we, basically so the we, outcome. Yeah. We all battle this, right? At different levels then is, is a good identifier for me. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't typically lie. I don't ever, I don't try not ever to lie. I think I lied twice as a kid mm-hmm. and I didn't pay for it dearly. So I was like, that's not, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do it subtly, right? We can do it subtly. We learn the art of doing it subtly. Yeah, well, Our I mean, sin nature says this is an easy, good path. And really, it's not. I mean, it's all the whole Genesis three. It's the yeah. whole Genesis three. Why is the enemy the father of lies, the master of manipulation? I'm sorry. Just yeah. Truth, truth, truth. Come on, truth. Are you gonna look it up? No, you're looking something else up. Yeah, Jen. So, lying of omission is uh, an example of that. Is propaganda. So, mm. uh, propaganda is used by typically uh, political movements to to. Uh, to get wide, widespread yeah. acceptance of an ideology compliance. or an agenda and compliance. And they, so you might say something like, uh, I don't know. I can't think of something off the top of my head, but, uh, propaganda is, is sin. Like if we, if we, if we call lies of omission what they are, it's lying. Mm-hmm. It's a sin. It starts to completely transform how we view the world. Our Dude. whole book, See Through Marriage, is about fighting yes. lies of omission. It's about saying, like, I'm being transparent to you. I'm choosing meaningful risk. I'm going to expose. I'm not just going to say I've been struggling with sexual integrity to you. I'm going to say I sinned in this way. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. so there's there's a certain there's a, a deeper level of being known, a deeper level of transparency, a deeper level of righteousness mm. to be had because I'm giving you I'm being vulnerable to you in this way. And I'm letting oh, you. Man. And that takes a lot of trust. Right. And we're going to talk about trust next week, actually. Um, Building trust. takes a lot of trust to, to speak truth that isn't to speak to you in a way that doesn't lie by virtue of omission. Okay. So the third one, again, this is a, this comes out of the book in sheep's clothing. Um, by the way, I can't endorse the book wholly because I haven't gone through it word by word yet. So please, if there's something in the book that's counter biblical, I know where we stand. You know where we stand. Okay. It's a psychological book anyway. I don't think it claims to be Christian. So, uh, denial. So a manipulator refuses to admit that they have done something wrong. Okay. Mm. So that's pretty obvious, but, um, the worst kind of denial is when you clearly know that someone, um, I, we had an example of a family member who, uh, was doing a lot of lying and I, I confronted this person. Um, and it was like, it was like, I was the crazy one. 
And so mm. they were questioning me. They're like, what? How could you think that? Why? And I had evidence. <laughs> evidence. And I showed it to this person. And the response was, I don't know how you figured that. I don't know how you got that. But that's that's a lie. <laughs> that's just denial. <laughs> right. That's a really clear example. But when the lies are, are not as clear and not yeah. as provable. Right. The denial is oftentimes a manipulation tactic to uh, basically skirt the issue. Mm. Okay, so rationalization. We all do this. Uh, an excuse made by the manipulator for the inappropriate behavior. Okay, so rationalization is closely related to spin. Um, so you'll you'll somehow in your mind rationalize. Um, so I'm thinking of if, if a husband goes out and makes a purchase without telling his wife. Mm. Um, and it's a significant purchase. He might rationalize that purpose, that purchase because, oh, it's good for the family or uh, she'll love it when I surprise her with it when really he knows that she's not on board. Um, another, They've had that conversation before. Mm-hmm. Sure. Another, another, clear, another clear one is uh, a husband or a wife could rationalize looking uh, at pornography and using it for a sexual uh, gratification yeah. uh, because I don't want to bother my spouse right now mm-hmm. because – we, we, you know, she just had a baby and, uh, is this, I'm somehow, I'm serving her by looking at porn. And, Which we're not in, we're not saying that after, right after you have a baby, you have to have sex. Yes. Thank you. We're not saying that either. Okay. Yeah. We're not saying that. Give it enough time to heal all that kind of stuff more than what the doctors prescribe, like love each other well in that area. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, or we could just say we have a six month old. My wife's tired cause she hasn't slept well. Mm-hmm. So she's asleep. I'm going to, I'm going to go take care of whatever because this is how I can love her well and not ask her for sex. That's rationalization. And it's a manipulation tactic mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a sense. Sorry, I'm, just, so, I'm, I'm giggling inside because we're not really calling things what they are right now in this podcast. I'm going to go take care of whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, we're trying to be I know. Coy. Sensitive. That's true. Yeah, we're trying to be. Yeah, if there's, if there's little ears in earshot. Okay, so uh, minimization. We Couples do this a lot with sin. Mm. Again, to go back to the porn thing or any sort the of the like, half truth, right? Mm-hmm. Genesis three. I mean, you won't really. Mm-hmm. You'll be like God. I mean, you'll know, right? Yeah. You'll yeah. know th- that you'll know good from evil. And sorry, you keep going. I, well, I'm just. I'm trying to. I can't get away from the porn example because this is a classic. It's just so rampant. Manipulation is so rampant around that sin. Mm. So minimization would say like, well, what does it hurt? It's not hurting you. I'm not actually cheating with somebody. Mm. or obviously whoever's made, made the movie wanted to make it so mm. I can or made the video they you know they're minimizing if you really look at the industry like it's an, it's abhorrent what these people are involved mm. in mm-hmm. and what the pain and damage it causes mm-hmm. around the world not just through your computer screen so minimization yes requires you to believe mm-hmm. a lot of lies so mm-hmm. it's not a secret that it's a manipulative technique yeah, manipulation so- technique Selective hearing is another manipulation tactic. <laughs> selective, <Huh>? in, in, <laughs> selective inattention or selective attention. So uh, basically, you're not ref- you're not paying attention to things that may distract from what the agenda is mm. that you're trying to push forth. Yeah, the longer you get, the longer you're married, the more you see that stuff, and you're just like, yeah, I know what you're trying to hear. Mm. Move on. <laughs> I want to jump through. There's a lot in this book. Okay, but I want to. I want to. Um, you wanted to give some to like husbands and wives, right? Or you were like, there was one yeah. of yeah. So there's one in here, and then we kind of we we don't mean to laugh about it because it is kind of serious. But uh, seduction is a manipulation tactic, and not just sexual su- seduction, but a manipulator will use praise or flattery or charm mm. or of overtly supporting others uh, in order to get them to lower their defenses and give their trust and loyalty over to the manipulator. I mean, 
a lot of these are like sales tactics if you think about it. Be like, hey, oh, you're a smart guy, right? Yeah. Smart guys like cars that run like this. So don't be a dumb guy. Be a smart guy. Buy this car. <laughs> that's seduction. It really is. Yeah. So I mean, that's a classic sales trick. <laughs> uh, like yeah, like staring at someone right between, here. in the eyes. Um, anyway, we can do we can use that in marriage in different capacities. I think. Right. This, um, let's see what's another one. So well, and part of that seduction is they will also offer help with the intent to gain trust and access to an unsuspecting victim they have charmed. Mm. So, yeah, I think we can, again, the seduction is a manipulation tool of getting what we want and mm. not getting, I, I, I see this in like, you know, in the bedroom, you say, you are always saying like, get dates are like, get at your spouse. It's not just an intimacy is to get to know your spouse, getting, Right. To them, not getting to your own um, desires, right? Not getting to your own. I mean, yes, we're supposed to have desires for each other, but I'm not. My whole motivation is not to please myself. My my motivation mm. is to love you because the Lord has called me to that, right? Has purposed yeah. our marriage for love. And when we're defining love, this is what it means. If we're defining... Okay, but you've just left the realm of being a manipulator when you started asking what God, what right. his absolute right, truth right. was and Sorry, how you yes. submit yourself to right. him. That's, I mean, this is why biblical marriage is so beautiful Yes, in that it completely diffuses these. If we submit ourselves to the truth that we mm. are sinners saved only by grace, we are called to marriage to glorify God, not to satisfy ourselves. Mm. If we buy those truths, a lot of this stuff becomes just, clear and right. it becomes, it, you want it to root it out. Power. Yeah. It loses its power. Yes. Yeah. Another big one is a guilt trip. Okay, that's that's a tactic for manipulation. Mm. I'm just going to read this summary that we found. It's a a special kind of intimidation tactic. The guilt trip. Uh, a manipulator suggests to the conscientious victim that they do not care enough, are too selfish, or have it easy. This usually results in the victim feeling bad, keeping them in a self-doubting, <gasps> anxious, and submissive position. Goodness. This is Genesis 3 right here. I just got it in front of me. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did he really say that? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the, of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, mm. neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. Truth. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Truth, right? Mm. But he, the, the lie was, you sh, you will not surely die. Mm. Yep. So when the woman saw the tree, yeah, she. We all know how. We all know what happened. Mm. <laughs> so sorry. It just as you're reading that, and I'm reading scripture. It's the overlapping. It's yeah. the epitome of the truth of manipulation. I mean, this is where it, it plays to pride, right? Manipulation plays to pride. It plays to deceit. It plays to all of, I'm, it's just, I'm baffled. My jaw is on the floor when just diving into the study of, about manipulation. So anyways, so I'm just at a loss a little bit for more words time. on some things. Um, well, not, we have a few things to go through. Okay. We do not have a little bit more time. Well, I, this is helpful. I feel like okay, but you have one more diversion. <laughs> no, there's a few more I want to go through. <laughs> Diversion um, is a manipulator not giving a straight answer to a straight question, instead being diversionary, steering the conversation to another topic. Evasion is similar to diversion, in that, but uh, giving irrelevant, rambling, vague responses or weasel words. Weasel words. Sounds like weasel words to me. <laughs> weasel words. That might be a new one in our marriage. This one, uh, there's, there's uh, okay, I'm reading ahead here. There's there's a lot of, I want to I do two more in depth than I want to just name a few. 
Okay, so uh, <laughs> shaming. That's where a manipulator uses sarcasm and put downs to increase fear and self doubt mm. in the victim. Um, a lot of uh, like. Uh, you can do this even in in uh, covert ways that you can shame someone by making them feel stupid. Mm. You're not calling them stupid, but you're making them feel stupid in your tone and the in the way you're constructing your arguments. Uh, we've I've we've talked about this on the podcast, but God has convicted me over the last I think number of years. He, he opened my eyes to this, and He continues to show me how I have not loved my wife well. Now it's not like I'm saying. I don't want to make it sound like I'm this terrible. I want to self-defend here because <laughs> I do love okay, my everybody wife. knows that you're a great husband. I hope I hope that that's at but least somewhat do, evident. Our, some of our uh, challenges have been around this area. When of, I get defensive, I start talking in ways and, you and make I your try to make my and arguments you, yes. and I make leaps and I, and and I will start arguing, to try to make you feel like you don't understand. Yes. And that's another way of saying make you feel stupid. <laughs> and that is so, I just am so ashamed of that. And I've just that asked God to help me with that. Um, but that's calling it what ask it is. Ask God to help me with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what else God should I do? Sancti- what else do I do? God is sanctifying our hearts in this area. I think, sorry, when you're asking God for help, it's like you're asking a buddy. And God's not our buddy. He's God. I'm not. I asked God to help me with that. I don't know how else to word <laughs> that sentence. I hear it differently. See? Communication breakdowns. Even Quit on reading the podcast, into it. Don't read into Quit it. Quit manipulating me. Okay. So, speaking of which, vilifying the victim. <laughs> That's another tactic. I've not read these ahead of time, people. Okay. So more than any other, this tactic is a powerful Purely means. It's a powerful means of putting the victim on the defensive while simultaneously masking the aggressive intent of the manipulator. Uh, again, going back to the sexual example. Uh, a wife catches her husband looking at porn. It's your fault. You weren't available to me. Mm. You weren't available when I was when I came to you, and you know when I put on, out the vibe. Like, <laughs> you were tired. You had a headache. Uh, you so you went to bed, mm. and so now I'm looking at porn, and it's your fault. Mm. That's vilifying wow. the victim. Okay, and that's another kind of flip side of that is playing the victim. Mm. Okay, too many to go through here, but I want to just read them. Uh, so playing the servant role is another one. Um, I don't know if you can read these without cloaking a self-serving agenda in the guise of service or more. Because we do also want to talk about how to how to how we are called to to act as believers in in these things. So feigning innocence, feigning confusion, brandishing (laughs) anger, bandwagon (laughs) effect. Okay, then there are ways that we're vulnerable to these types of behaviors. Either we can have a blurry sense of identity. That's the biggest one. Okay. Mm. uh, Typically, manipulators know how to either covertly or overtly inadvertently or on purpose exploit these vulnerabilities. Yeah. We have a disease to please or addiction to earning the approval or acceptance of others, uh, a fear of negative emotion, mm. uh, a lack of assertiveness. Selena, you talked about being assertive. That's one area that you're growing. Um, yeah, a- sure am. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let me assert that. Uh, low self-reliance. Meaning- but can I just stop right there for one second and say that my assertiveness and my ability to say no to things and to be able to clearly communicate uh, maybe the rub that I'm having with people has come <laughs> from an identity rooted in Christ. And he has, I can't, I can't act that role out of being assertive because I will fail. I, I don't. I don't do you things. You can't do it on your own strength. Is what yes. You're saying. Yeah. Well, and I can't fake that. Yeah. If if I don't know that to be a truth, then I'm not going to be able to enforce that or mm-hmm. be assertive in that. Yep. So I think that comes from fearing God. I'm most just trying and to bring depth and, and yeah. image and growth Good. and like roots to the whole assertiveness yep. and how God has grown me in that and shine the light on 
the roots mm-hmm. that he's grown. So, uh, Simon has a few of these. He says, uh, naivete, naivete is one of them. Over conscientiousness, low self confidence, over intellectualization, emotional dependency. Gosh, I feel like this internet just does this to you, doesn't it? It's, oh, it's manipulative. Rabbit trail after rabbit it's trail manipulative. Oh, man. You got to yep. show these to Nathan. Sorry. Nathan's our good buddy over at the Gospel, Gospel Tech. Tech podcast. Check it out. Check those guys out. Okay. Literally good buddy. I've known him since I was like 13. Um, awesome, awesome friend and brother. I've so, known him since I was 12. So. Um, but he's a better <laughs> friend of mine and he's a man. So how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? It's true. He's like a brother to us, uh. truly. Okay. So those are all vulnerabilities that are exploited by manipulators. Okay. So how do we act as believers in light of everything that we've just kind of right we're catapulted out right (laughs) as christians we're not to engage in manipulation and we're not supposed to take advantage of each other in this way but we're also not i I don't want to say we're not going to be we don't want to be taken advantage of right so in matthew 10 16 jesus is talking about be shrewd as snakes Mm. uh and innocent as doves. So shrewd as snakes, don't be taken advantage of. Innocent as doves, don't mm, manipulate wow. others. And in the con, let's just, I mean, let's just go to context here. <laughs> let's just <laughs> talk about context. Um, so Matthew 10 is talking about 12 disciples. They're being sent out, right? So they're, mm-hmm. they're being commissioned. And he's talking about persecution in this particular um Sorry, in this particular reference in this verse, uh, he says, persecution will come. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So there's different um, versions that say shrewd or wise. Mm. Uh, Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour such a, a an yeah. invitation of trust right for it is not you to, not you who speak but the spirit of your father speaking through you um so wow we're looking yes we're looking at this in context of persecution mm. and even in that right in persecution jesus is leading us to be shrewd as snakes to not be taken advantage of but to also be innocent and how can we do that mm. we can only do that by subscribing, not subscribing, but believing the gospel, fought, being obedient to God's word, yeah. hearing it with letting it fall on ears that hear and a heart that is not of stone, but of flesh. Yeah. And by not the mm. innocent as doves, I mean, there's nothing more in terms of images <laughs> as something being so innocent, but not manipulating yeah. others. And I think for me as a believer, knowing that God loves me and not in a non-manipulative way. Yeah. And that he calls me to love you in a non-manipulative way feels like quite the calling. But I know that he hasn't called me to walk this path alone. Yeah. He says, I'm here with you. I won't leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Here's my word. Here's my instructions. Here's the authority on which if you trust it, if you believe it, and you are can assert yourself because of it, or does that make sense? No. Then it's I all think they, about the foundation of your identity. Yes. There and, you and go. The, again, loving God more than anything else and trusting his word more than anything else. Mm. And those are two. That's the, that's the life of a Christian is, is learning those two things. What does his word say? Put off falsehood. And of, course, and of course, his word is a way to know and love God. And that's why we trust it more than anything else. So if we know and love God by trusting who he says we are, mm-hmm. then we have a place of confidence. I feel like Muhammad Ali stole 
from Jesus when he said, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love that. that be shrewd as snakes, as shrewd as snakes, innocent as doves. You can't do that unless your starting, your starting place is Christ himself. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, man. And then I want to read Acts 17, um, 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word and all eagerness is examining scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So that's what we us, talked about at the beginning. And that gives us the gauge for truth. So this is diagnosing manipulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's so hard, you guys. It's so hard. Um, all I'm going to say is that you look at the, you look at the situation, trust the Holy Spirit in you, trust truth. I think our knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. is, sorry, really quick. Our knee jerk reaction is to be defensive and angry. But yeah, so try we need to, get, to yeah. see that for what it is and, and, and like you said, go to the word, mm-hmm. seek truth. So what, is, what does God's word say about how I should respond? And the, the heart governed by the Holy Spirit will have, be a heart filled with peace. And you'll mm. have a deep sense of peace, mm-hmm. yes, but there will be parts that are, are, are not mm. peaceful. Mm-hmm. And to me, those are, those are red flags. And those are areas that you can start looking introspectively, looking into your heart, also looking at the situation, asking yourself, trusting hmm. your gut. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I think trusting your gut is something that you can do. Yes, the heart is deceitful above all else. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about trusting that little, that still small voice. Discernment. To, and discerning, yes, to uh, to help identify these manipulation things. Not so that you can just be proven right. It's so that you can root out sin in mm. your life, in your marriage, in your spouse's life. You're called to help them in that way, doing so in truth and in love, getting help where help is needed, where you where you cannot find health yes. on your own. This is the abundance. The beginning starts with yes. identifying the problem for what it is. Mm-hmm. And so you can then start on the path toward true reconciliation true healing so and and true uh, sanctification. So okay? But that's the thing with manipulation is it happens. We don't even know it's happening. Yeah. We do it. We don't even know we're doing it. Yes. And so we have to see the sin for what it is, call it what it is. And, and then, search me and know me, and right? Then root it out. Yes. God, search me and know yes. me. Yes. Okay. So, um, man, how do we move forward in this? I think, um, Having conversations with each other, Selena and I demonstrated. We are going to talk more about this on on the next next week's episode. So yes. you got to stay tuned for some of this. But here's a little. Yeah. So if you find that you're having a very manipulative uh, back and forth in your marriage, whether it's in a conversation or mm-hmm. you have kind of patterns that produce themselves <laughs> over weeks and months, uh-huh. uh, learn to uh, assume the best in each other. Okay. When your spouse says something, assume the best, then ask questions mm. based on that assumption. Love hopes all things. That's first Corinthians 13. What that means is that love is expecting the best out of the, the beloved. Meaning that you said one thing, I'm going to expect that you meant the best out of that thing. And I'm going to hope for that. And I'm going to ask you questions based when on you, that. And I'm going to make you come you, to the table. When you give kids vitamins, I'm going to assume that you also when you say you don't want them to have them, you assume that you, we want health for our children. It doesn't yes. make sense, but I'm going to try to go for it for a minute and, that's a and, good, and ask example. questions. Thank because you for saying that. <laughs> if it doesn't make sense, that's where the questions come in, right? We don't just want to keep assuming. If you if you start to assume and the, and you think, ah, like we're starting to fight, ask questions. Ask or the questions. more the more subtle assumption in that case would be that you're just too cheap to buy the vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> There's also that. But that's, that's the that's, that's where the, the more relevant assumption. That's where the vitamin companies make their money. 
Right. And I'm saying, well, we give our kids food and food contains vitamins. Traditionally speaking, <laughs> it, vegetables contain vitamins. Anyway, Just we're going to go there. down. <laughs> Just stop right there. Okay. So moving forward, okay, so assume the best. Assume the best. Ask lots of questions. We say this a lot, but have uh, exercise charity in how you listen and how you talk to one another. And mm. that's part of assuming the best. But um, It's hard, people. It's going to rub you the wrong way. It's not going to feel good. But instead of reacting continue the down the path. Yeah. Trust that God's word is instructive and it's authoritative and it's got purpose in it. And we have to trust that over our own feelings yep. and emotions and uncomfortableness. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Which, speaking of God's word, be slow to speak quick to listen mm. that's another way you can move forward in this area put so, off falsehood speak yeah. truthfully to your neighbor we're right up at 55 minutes um or a little bit more than that so anyway thanks for listening to this ladies and gentlemen we'll pray us out real quick i want to make mention of of our patreon page if you want to support we need your support uh we have no idea how long we'll be able to talk about christian marriage this overtly through this medium if you want to make sure that we at least have uh, some resources to work with and keep that going, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. If that's a problem, we understand. Don't worry about it. We would love your support there, but you can also support by leaving a comment uh, or no, sorry, leaving a rating and a review mm-hmm. on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes is the one most people go to. That would be very helpful. Um, next week, we're going to be talking through um, how to recover from a uh, how to basically triage. What do you do when you've experienced basically a catastrophic uh, car wreck, so to speak, in your marriage? And I mean, literally, that's I mean, not next week. I thought it was a week after. No, it's next week. So I said we're going to talk about. That's when you rebuild trust. So oh, like if you had a catastrophic event oh, in your goodness. marriage, there's been a damaged trust. There's been something that just feels you're, you're there. You got you both are injured and bloody laying on the side of the road. I'm using the analogy now. How do you, where do you even go after you've had this damaged trust? It feels like you have no way forward. It feels like you're on your deathbed. How do you begin building trust? I feel ill qualified to talk about these things. Well, we're going to, we're going to trust God's word and we're going to hopefully um, speak in a way that's filled with truth and love and, and hope and hope in Christ. Cause oh. that's ladies and gentlemen, we don't have a lot, but what we have, we give to you and yep. it is Jesus Christ. Definitely himself. feels like the five so. loaves and two fish. Thank God for Jesus. <laughs> All right. So I'll pray for us. All right. Is that all right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Lord, I thank you for, um, gosh, your light. I thank you for the light that you shed into our, our hearts and into our lives. I thank you that your your word is truth and that you have given it to us. You've given, a, you've given it to us in your, yourself in that, Jesus Christ, you are God's word. Mm. I thank you for the revelation that is scripture, that it is truth, and we can rely on it. We can trust it. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for... Uh, illuminating that truth in our hearts, helping us to understand, apply, and appreciate that truth for what it is. I pray for the husband and the wife right now who are struggling. If they're struggling, I pray that you would uh, give them hope and then bring help into their lives, whether through your word or through your your body of believers. I thank you for the marriages that are that are in a good spot. I pray that you continue their flourishing and that you would show them ways that they can minister to others out of that place of strength. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This episode is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days, maybe sooner. Until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle, at Fierce Marriage, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's a blessing. Take care.